On today's episode, we discuss our prediction for Thursday night football. We debate who we see as the American League MVP. And how about them Cowboys? This and much, much more. It's time to sideline the agenda. And welcome to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott. With me is Kevin and Chris. And welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically. Nothing is out of bounds and every subject is fair game. The New York Giants fall during Monday Night Football. Will Otani or Judge get the American League MVP nudge? And can the Dolphins stay true? It's our Thursday Night Football preview. But first, we'd like to invite you to join our agenda and sideline the agenda by joining our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume your podcast product. And we're also on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline Agenda. Sideline the agenda. Get off the sideline, fella. Let's get into the game. How about that? Get in the game. All right. Into the game. <laughs> get into the game. <laughs> what was that EA Sports? Yeah. Get in the game. It's in the game. It's in the game. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That would have been just a blatant copyright infringement. <laughs> if we just straight up stuck that EA shit. EA is going to start hitting up our lawyers now. <laughs> that's all. Well, let's be clear. It's it's in the game for EA. For STA, a.k.a. <laughs> sideline the agenda. It's get off the sideline and into the game. All right. That's well, right. Uh, hey, are you guys excited to hear that uh, Rihanna will perform the halftime show for uh, Super Bowl oh 57? Oh, my gosh. Over Ooh. Joey. Oh, shining bright like a diamond. Finally. <laughs> Riri's back. Shining bright like a diamond. <laughs> Baseball's played on yeah. a diamond. Kind of oh, not surprised, If right? it rains on the no, diamond, not at all. you better have an umbrella. <laughs> Ella, it's her, a, it's her turn. A, 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 as you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, better yeah, carry been through all the other usual Ella. characters. Yeah, so her is the next turn in line. Yeah, I, I, you know, honestly, I, I think both of those songs that I was making fun of were Rihanna songs. Um, yeah, and that's were. like it. That's all I know. Um, and so if she mashes She's, them together, then. <laughs> Then I won't know Even what better. else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make a ni- nice well, short uh, short show. Yeah, that's probably what she'll do, too. Probably have Jay-Z uh, make an appearance, too, right? Oh, gosh. Jay-Z? I will say, I think... Uh, apparently, Rihanna's... he's been offered, and he's turned it down. Well, but, right, uh, he did, yeah. He's got too much going but on they're, with the, uh, the Yeah, the they're Mason all the, of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, what do you think Shine Bright Like a Diamond was all about? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's Illuminati all day. That's right. The Illuminati. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Apple Music uh, uh, and uh, the NFL and Rock Nation announced uh, the international icon, entrepreneur and philanthropist Rihanna will take center stage at State Farm Stadium for the Apple Music Super Bowl halftime show. Man, are they creeping in or what? The big tech in sports. We've been talking about this. We've been talking about this ad nauseum. Every show now, practically, we're talking about this from a a different angle. Big tech has got their, their, their white knuckled grip on, on, uh, on football. They're just, they're taking over. What is, what does it mean? Well, we've told you uh, in the, it's like in the words of Agent Smith, it's it's inevitable. It really is. <laughs> it feels inevitable, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, you know, along with all their products and and uh, their their 
their espionage uh, uh, tools of convenience? <laughs> well, just, I mean, sticking on the Agent Smith theme, you know, from the Matrix, they're like a virus. They are infecting everything, taking everything over. Not only do they have all your web search results, they got all your music. Now they're getting all your entertainment. Now they're getting all your sports, their your news. I mean, they're they're getting it all. They got. Not only that on the internet, but they've got the device in your hand that's got its camera and got all your photos and you know it's it's your GPS tracker. It's going everywhere that you're going. I mean, they got every information detail on everybody. And now they're also providing you with your entertainment and also your news, which, of course, all of which is filtered and you're going to be fed a narrative. And then anyone that's outside of the narrative and tries to think outside of the box, they're just going to be called crazy and called uh you know, a conspiracy theorists and, and far right this or far left that or kook this, kook that. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's the slow tiptoe of, of uh, tyranny. <laughs> yeah. And they're what are you talking about? It's convenient for me to have all my my music and stuff under one umbrella. Ella, Ella, a, 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 a. But it's like that's just putting the profile together on you. And it's like, we can't stop it. You know, it's like, again, we yeah. talked about last a couple of shows ago with the Amazon Fire. It's like you're actively, not only do you have already your Alexa, which is the active listening device that's there. And then, of course, they're going off of your your search engines and your cookies that you, you know, for the, for the sites that you visit and your, your purchasing profile. And then you go to your Amazon, Amazon Fresh Garden grocery store and it has yep. its biometrics off of you because it knows when you've purchased what you've purchased and seen what you grabbed and watches your gait and how you walk and how you interact. And now it's going to see you with its television and its camera. Uh, you know, uh, uh, mounted. It's gonna watch your reactions, your visual, your physical, your 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 uh, non. Um, uh, what's the term? Um, your your uh, oh, uh, you pretty nonverbal. Yeah, nonverbal communications exactly, and and uh, to the point where it's gonna start to. St- really tighten its grip and it's like oh it's, we, we noticed that you responded negatively to what uh, the the high commander governor in your region had to say <laughs> <laughs> and now you have to go to the coal mines um and uh uh, uh you know get get your uh, credit coal. credit score back get your credit score back to uh, to, to to normal so you can be Man. out with the everydayers i mean that's how fast it happens right i'm telling you tolkien was ahead of the curve with his all-seeing eye as they got their all-seeing eye, it's, it's mixed in everything. It's pretty crazy, man. Well, anyway, it's uh, Super Bowl. The blessings and the curses of technology. Yeah, Super Bowl brought to you by Apple Music, brought to you by, you know, big tech, brought to you by tyranny, brought to you by the end of uh, free culture as we know it. Let's move on to a happier subject, I suppose, If you're especially if you're a <laughs> Dallas Cowboys fan. Let's move on to that Monday night football game. Uh, in New York, the Cowboys uh, took on the uh, undefeated New York <laughs> Giants and were able to walk away with a win, 23-16. Uh, Cooper Rush continues to get it done. Coop, Coop, Cooper. Yeah. And the Cowboys defense, got to say, was on the mark for sure. Um it was uh it was uh it was kind of a snoozer, I have to fully admit. I, I completely fell asleep after halftime. 
I was about to make the snoring sound when you introduced the game. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I I completely clonk, conked out and then like woke up towards the tail end of the fourth quarter. And it was funny because I had, you know, been conscious long enough to to see CeeDee Lamb, you know, drop, you, you know, uh, have a 30-yard bomb hit him right in the palms and just have it go through his, you know, I was just thinking to myself, it's like, man, this is done. The Cowboys are done. You know, they're wishing they had Amari Cooper back. You know, this CD Lamb thing is just completely blown, you know. And, and, uh, the next thing I know, I, they're all talking about, and that incredible catch by CD Lamb. <laughs> and I was like, what happened? And he did have a pretty awesome catch in that end zone, that one handed grab. I got to give it yeah. to him. Redeemed himself a little bit, slightly. <laughs> you still can't drop wide open passes like that. It's a That's true. Professional receiver. Yeah. He's I mean, had, he's had a drop problem. This isn't just, you know, something new. But, yeah, they came back, won at the end. You know, good for uh, the Cowboys quarterback because, you know, he's undefeated as a starter. Like we're saying, is this the best thing to happen to him? But it was the Giants. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they, fair It was enough. a snooze fest. It, it wasn't a very good, good game. Both offenses didn't look very good. You know, these are two very middling teams that were kind of just duking it out. So, eh, I don't really take much away from this game. Yeah, and and what there was some positive signs in regards to Dallas. I, I felt from a defense standpoint, unless it was speaking to the Giants just being that terrible on offense, yeah. um, which is totally possible. But uh, uh, to my eye, it, it seemed like it was a um, you know a, a a positive trend for. Uh, the ability that the Cowboys have um, on defense. Next-gen stat here for you. Eight different Cowboy defenders pressured Daniel Jones, quarterback of the New York Giants, multiple times, tied for the most players with multiple pressures in a game this season. Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, and Dorrance Armstrong led the unit with four pressures each. Um, Daniel Jones has now been pressured 49 times this season, most in the NFL. So there you go, right? That's that Jekyll and Hyde yeah. aspect where it's like the first time you're pointing to his it. Life. <laughs> well, you're pointing to it and going, wow, this is showing like a strong front for, for the Dallas Cowboys defense, positive, you know, um, check mark there. But then you go, hold on, wait a minute. Daniel Jones has been pressured 49 times this season. This is actually pointing to a really bad offensive line and uh, right. uh, really bad protection. Um, so... I don't know. It's uh, I, I I agree with you, Chris. It was uh, definitely a bit of a snooze fest, and um, also I don't know if there's much to take away. Is there a quarterback controversy in Dallas? I mean, you have Cooper Rush. He is uh, undefeated when starting for the Dallas Cowboys. How quick? How fast are you wanting to jump back on that Dak train? Apparently. I I happen to I happen to think the Dallas Cowboys they play a lot better when they're in the blue tops. I don't know. For some <laughs> I agree. Reason, no, Kevin, the, I when totally they're in agree the white that. types, they they suck when they're in the yeah, white tops. Cooper Rush, I mean, he's undefeated. I think he had a mediocre game at best, two hundred fifteen yards, um, and he had a couple good plays down the field. You know, uh, towards the end of the game, it kind of revived the whole game because out of that, it was literally a, a punter's duel. Let's be honest. Um, I, I don't know. Obviously, the stat might be wrong, but um, it just felt like there was more than 15 punts in the game. Um, and again, I'm probably making this up, but um, it it was literally a punter's duel. Uh, obviously, yeah, I agree with you, Scott. The defense looked great. Uh, Lawrence looked good. Um, 
and and Parsons looked good. Uh, I think f- what five total five sacks the game. Uh, Des Bryant being in the stands, you know, looking looking like he's excited for you know CD Lamb, which was no big shocker. It just seemed like he wanted some attention, some camera time. Um, <laughs> the 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 new coach or, or the coach for the Cowboys, he just kind of looks like a knowing little kid on the sideline. Uh, at one point, it seemed like he was complaining about every little call, at least at least down towards the end of the game. Um, and then the Giants, I mean, I don't know how they're 2-0 uh, other than them just kind of squeaking by. It should be interesting to see what that coaching staff can do. Uh, Giants didn't look very impressive. I, th- I agree with you 100%, guys. Their offensive line stinks. They're worse than stinks. They they reek. And it's, it's, uh, it's pretty appalling <laughs> because I think they have a decent quarterback there with Daniel Jones. Um, he wasn't impressive by any means. Obviously, he didn't throw it. Uh, uh, I, I don't think he passed 200 yards. He had 195 yards there. Um, and you know, Saquon Barkley had a, a good first half, I would say. The second half, I think he was a, a snoozer as well, kind of went to bed. Um, and it just wasn't really an, uh, an exciting game. I think uh, the Cowboys, this is a division game. You know, it should have been a little bit. I, mean, I guess it, it was competitive if you do reflect on the score. But, um, you know, we were expecting a little more out of the Cowboys. And, you know, I guess the only thing we can take away is. Cooper Rush at this point, guys, is your guy. Dak or not, I don't care. He's undefeated. You stick with him. Yeah, I think there'll be for sure some controversy because Dak's going to be out probably, what, another month or so. If Rush is somehow able to continue to to win games and, you know, he's 5-0, 6-0, 7-0 as a starter by the time Dak comes back, I think you'll definitely have some controversy at that point. But right now, I don't think so. I, I think the you know it's Dak's job right now. I will say the Cowboys were able to run the ball, uh, which is good for them. If they're able to run the ball, and to Scott's point, they've got a pretty good front on defensively. So if they can shorten the game, play a good defense, run the ball that takes pressure off rush, and then they can they can win some games like this. But yeah, Daniel Jones, I feel bad for him. He's been running for his life ever since he's been a, a Giants quarterback. And uh, it's almost like a matter of time before he just gets hurt uh, running like that. Um, so, so Cooper uh, Rush is the only quarterback. Sorry to cut you up, but only quarterback. Um, actually, one of other three that have started three and zero. Obviously, aside from Jason Garrett, his former head coach, and then you have uh, Steve Berline and Roger Staubach. So, I mean, he's he's in good company. So, I don't know how you yeah. get away from that if I was a Cowboys fan. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I think if he strings a few more together, you'll for sure have some controversy. But it's just it's only three right now, and really this year it's only two. So we'll see. We'll, we'll give it another three, four weeks. See where we're at then. Yeah, because I don't expect them to keep winning. But you know, anything can happen. Dak is so she, was ripping those stitches off, man. He's trying to get back there quick because <laughs> he's like, oh, uh, no. the more he's I, out and the more Cooper Rush delivers, then exactly. Uh, the uh, the drumbeat of the quarterback controversy just gets louder and louder, um, yep. and I'm so glad you said that, Kevin. In regards to the blue tops, I was totally feeling that last night watching the game. I mean, it just felt like they had more confidence. They just felt like they had a lot more swagger out on the field, and I was just like, God, what's different? And it's like it's these blue tops, man. <laughs> like I don't know. If there's I always something thought it was yeah. that. I always thought it was really weird that when they're at home, they're they're wearing the whites, right? Because uh, I've always felt the same way. Like the blue tops seems like it should be their home jersey, but it's not. It's their away, and it's, it should know, be. It's, just, it's weird. 
and yeah. and and I, I would I would love to see if by chance there was any stat in regards to when they're wearing the blue tops if if they're just a little little better uh, opposed to those <laughs> whites. But um, yes, the uh, the the uh, New York Giants front uh, offensive front is is awful, and uh, they definitely did look terrible. Uh, they looked just as bad as that uh, halftime with Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, that gave me douche, oh, douche chills, man. Did you see that? Like it was uh, obviously ESPN, uh, hence ABC, hence you know Disney owns the rights to Monday Night Football broadcast right now, and so they're they're totally whoring themselves out. And it's like Joe Buck up in the booth has got Jimmy Kimmel. Hey, Jimmy, yeah. what are you? I mean, it was just like it was so awkward. And Joe Buck was trying his his best to 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 try to present it in some form of interesting style, which he was failing miserably at. And Jimmy Kimmel was failing miserably at it too. And Troy Aikman, of course, was nowhere to be found because he actually has you know self pride. Um, anyway, I was just curious if you guys caught that. Uh, I I, it, it was on. I, I wasn't brave enough to turn the volume up. So no, no, you were smart enough. I saw it on the screen and I was like, I can't torture myself and listen to these clowns because I just know what it's going to be. Yeah, I was laying on the couch. Volume down. I was laying it on the couch and the the remote was all the way over there. You know what I mean? Just out of arm's reach and and, and stupidly, I just, I I suffered through it. But all right. Well, the the Cowboys next week, they got the commanders. So yeah. you yeah, yeah it's a classic. There. Unfortunately, is it as classic now that they're not the uh, they're the Commanders, not the Redskins anymore? Because it's just not the Cowboys and Indians, is it? I agree. Uh, of course, yeah. it's Com- a Comanches would have been so much cooler. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. It's a division yeah. division game. Um, so I guess there's some kind of history there, but like. I don't know. I don't buy that shit because it's like there's so many division games where it's like I could give I could care less. Like nobody's going like, oh, my God, we got, you know, maybe we will because we're Rams fans. But it's like, oh, you got Rams Niners coming up. Are you stoked for that? Right. That historic division rivalry. And people are going like, no, I could give a shit, you know. And, and so it's like <laughs> right. to me, like the only thing that made Cowboys and Indians or the, the, the Cowboys and the Reds, or the commanders interesting was the whole stupid cowboys and indians thing but yeah it should be a good game though it, it, it should be it should be a good game should be cowboys should win it they keep pressure on uh on wentz and run the ball and uh you know old uh redhead can get another win out there <laughs> which <laughs> redhead be, is gonna win <laughs> they'll be in the white uniforms though ah, ah see well we'll start walking you just can't bet on them you see exactly. You see if they've got that swagger. You you see if they've got that uh, pep in their step when they're out on the field, not wearing those blues, and uh, maybe uh, maybe they'll consider making a change. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, the American League. Um, of course, uh, with all that's going on, Aaron Judge would you know check into to yesterday last night. He he was walked four times. He's still sitting on 60 home runs yet to hit that uh, landmark mark of Roger Maris's 61. I actually think he probably will in Baltimore, excuse me, in New York when playing Baltimore. Of course, the Blue Jays, they, they're, they're, they're still in it from a, from a playoff standpoint. So they're not going to be given anything up to, to the judge, so to speak. But, um, you know, the conversation for American League MVP, you know, it figures to be a, a, a heated debate, right? Um, especially this year when you're considering uh, Cal, uh, the Los Angeles Angels uh, Shohei Otani 
and also, of course, Aaron Judge. Um, you know, Judge is closing in on the Maris mark, and um, he also might win the Triple Crown. Um, and he's he's done it while uh, you know playing center field uh, for a team that uh, clinched the division, right? They, they they clinched the other night. Yeah. And Otani, yeah. on the other hand, is pitching better than he has, and uh, um, uh, he was the unanimous MVP uh, last year, right? So he he may even be putting himself in the Cy Young conversation this year. Uh, that's a debate for a different time, but to go along with all of that, of course, I believe he's got 34 home runs. So. What, what, what do you think? I mean, I've I've got a mindset of this. Uh, I'm kind of curious of what you guys think. Um, you know, who is the American League MVP? Flip a coin. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. Uh, it it is really tough because Judge is putting together a historic season. My, if if I really had to get into my head, um, my only thing on Judge is that we have seen this before from other players and we've seen better. Now you can, you can argue back that it was enhanced by some, some drugs. Um, Just a little bit. We, we haven't really seen a guy go out there and not only dominate pitching, but also be a great hitter. And maybe I'm biased. Cause you know, I did a little both myself back in the day I pitched and, and, also played position and pitching is a lot harder than playing center field. Now judge does an excellent job playing center field, but in the majors to not only just make it to the majors as a pitcher, which is incredibly hard on its own. And then also to make it to the majors as a hitter, which is incredibly hard on its own, but then to do both and do them both, not just well, but extremely well. uh, I just can't find myself voting for judge over Otani with what Otani's been doing. Granted judge, you know, triple crown. Is he going to pass Maris? You know, the final games are going to see, I think if I had to bet the media would go with judge, you know, he's the, the New York boy. He's the face of the league, all that kind of stuff. Otani just won it last year, but man, major league baseball to pitch and hit and do both at the level that Otani's doing it. Uh, it's, it is really tough. I, I think I would lean more towards Otani. But the other thing that would make me maybe change my mind is, you know, the Yankees are in the playoffs. And I think that might be what gets Judge over the hump at the end of the day because the Angels have kind of sucked all year, even though they've had two amazing players, Otani and Trout. But the rest of the, it just shows you baseball, you need a team, you need a, a lot of good players to, to win games. And Judge has been able to elevate the rest of the team enough to where you know, they, they clinch the two seed. So it is tough. I mean, I wouldn't blame anyone for flipping a coin, but I got to go with the pitcher hitter. It's just, it it's unheard of. I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But I'm going <laughs> to politely decline. Uh, this is a landslide guys. You know, the Yankees clinched their, you know, the, their division, they're in the playoffs. Um, you can't, you can't not go with judge. He's having a, uh, a historical uh, season, and uh, you know, just to go through the numbers, I mean, batting average alone, you know, judges at number four, at, you know, batting three fourteen, and this is across the whole league, guys. This is including National League, where you know, um, Freeman out of the Dodgers is is leading the way at three twenty uh, three twenty eight. But 
And then to run down to the next, you know, obviously you have uh, Judge the next segment for home runs, leading the way, 60. He might be more. Obviously, he if he uh, goes past the you know single season, if he gets 62 home runs, how do you not make that your MVP um, who's, you know, achieved – uh, so much, you know, beating the Roger Maris, you know, record without any PEDs or at least at this moment we don't know of. Um, you know, how, how do you not make that your MVP? And then just going down the list as well. So, I mean, runs batted in. Uh, Judges at number two, again, across the whole league, national and American. Um, Aaron, Aaron Judges has 128 RBIs, only behind um, Alonzo from, from the Mets, who's got 131. So he's literally, you know, home run away, let's just say, or or maybe two. Um, from actually leading the league with runs batted in alone. So um, this is a landslide, guys. You know, I think he's got this one in the bag. Let's see how what the Yankees do in the playoffs. And, you know, MVP all the way, Nash, uh, American League for uh, Mr. Judge. Landslide. No way it's a landslide. It's close. I mean, oh. Otani's got over 200 strikeouts. Hey, we're not, we're not, the dis- discussion isn't Cy Young. The d- discussion, uh, I mean, exactly. I mean, it's both. The, 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 the record is. He's not encountering any record right now, Otani. No, not single season, but still, I mean, he's pitching and he's hitting. I mean, the for numbers me, don't lie. For me, speaking of numbers, for me, it's show hay all day, son. <laughs> and w- I, I, building off of where Chris is going with that, I mean, you've got uh, 14 wins, 200 plus strikeouts. You have an ERA under 2.5. You have a batting average of 271, 34 home runs, 93 RBIs, ribbies, <laughs> runs batted in. And you have a guy who's not even playing all the time um, and seeing as many at bats because they did, the, the, the Angels have rested him a lot, though he does, you know, get, get on the uh, DH. But the point is, is that I don't know, like, Chris, you brought up the fact that he's on a team that is not going to make the playoffs. That is not very good. I think they're like something like 30 something games back, right? Like, they're in, in their division. They're, they're they're obviously not good. To to me, I don't know. It's a, it's a shame because I feel like that's not necessarily an argument against him. Uh, but I also understand how it's not necessarily an argument for him. Um, I don't know that Aaron Judge on that roster uh, is is he's absolutely a difference maker. But I don't know that they would be. Th- <laughs> They, of course, would not clinch the division if they didn't have Aaron Judge on that team. I'm not suggesting that one second, but would would they be as bad of would they be would they be the angels if uh, if Aaron Judge wasn't on that squad? I don't know. Uh, that's that's a tough um, if lens to them, look through. What's that? If you swapped them, like put Otani if on the Yankees and Judge them, on the that's Angels, that's a good question. I mean, I think that I don't know that you would have that much of an impact either way I think it would probably keep them on par with each other as far as not I, I think, as in the yeah, Yankees I would still right. be the division leaders and the, the the Angels would still be dogs um but I think if you swapped them the Yankees would actually probably be a couple games better and the Angels would be a couple games so better. how about this because this brings up wins above replacement and I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, the, the, the war, war statistics. Yeah. So in other words, it measures a player's value in all fa- facets of the game by deciphering how many more wins 
he's worth than a replacement level player at his same position. So in other words, war, you know, it quantifies each player's value in terms of a specific number of wins. And because war factors in a positional adjustment, it is well suited for comparing players who who um, different play different defensive positions. And uh, according to the war uh, number, uh, Judge is ten. So ten games are, are how the Yankees have won because of Judge. In theory, if they they would not have won if they did not have him on the squad. Um, Otani, it's nine point two. So they're you know kind of on the same level, right? Like we're talking, yeah. you know, not even a full game difference. It's a fun debate to have. Obviously, there's no right or wrong answer because, I mean, obviously there is a right answer. Uh, at this stage, it really does start to become nitpicky and also uh, your opinion of the game itself, right? Like Chris, you had mentioned, you know, being a uh, having experience as a pitcher and then also uh, playing in the field and, and and just how that makes you appreciate Otani that much more. I imagine a lot of that'll be at play in regards to uh, people's vote for, for the American League MVP. Yeah. Yeah, if I had to bet, I think Judge is going to get it easily because, again, Otani won it last year. So I think the media will be like, yeah, he won it last year. He is a foreigner. You know, we got Judge here. He's America's boy. So let's get him an MVP, especially it's if he breaks li- the record. I think like if I Judge said. doesn't break the record and he, he chokes out this, these last, you know, several games, Otani for sure. But if he gets the record, I don't see the American media not giving it to the, to Judge. I don't know how you guys can can surpass what Judge is doing. I mean, I, I, that's crazy to me. I mean, if you even look at Otani's numbers, I mean, they're not that impressive. I mean, uh, as for far as being on the mount, for it, a pitcher, it's really not that he's got fourteen wins, eight losses. So okay, so he's he's got a winning record there. What two hundred three strikeouts? I mean, that's that's league leading for sure. But his ERA, he's not even in the yeah. top ten with ERA, guys. He's not in the top 10. Okay, he's not so in the what, top 10 when is, it comes to batting average alone. He's like number 47 in the league. Now right. you have a gentleman who is like top three of the main four offensive metrics that we compose of. And I mean, I mean, that to me is a no brainer. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's I agree with what you're saying. I mean, obviously the triple crown aspect of it is is huge. Uh it really comes down to what you define how how you define the most valuable player, right? And that what what you by that definition then is what you bring into to your your opinion on this matter. And and for me, it's the versatility, the versus uh, the versatility of of uh, Shohei Otani, what he does on the mound and at the plate that to me makes his value just that much more unique, that much more interesting. But to Chris's point, he did win it last year. Um, and to your point, Kevin, you have this this juggernaut from uh, from an offensive standpoint, and Aaron Judge, who very well likely might be, you know, the triple crown leader, uh, you know, with, with runs, hits, home runs, runs batted in. Um, so that that's undeniable too. I mean, they're both very good options. I, I don't know if it's as much of a landslide as people want to say in regards to Aaron Judge, but at the same time, I respect the I, I respect the pick for Aaron Judge as well. And 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 uh, you know, ultimately can't you know come up with a bunch of reasons to fight against it. 
Yeah, I'm I'm still leaning I'm still leaning Otani. I mean the pitching and the hitting, it's like I said, we've never really seen it before. What Judge has done, we've seen it from other players get triple crowns. We've seen them hit well into the really high three hundreds. We've seen guys get sixty home runs several times before. Um I haven't seen it in a long time. And uh we arguably haven't seen it from anyone clean, at least not in our lifetimes. Uh so yeah, it, it's a tough one. Show hey all day, baby. <laughs> Show hey all day. <laughs> well, hey man, and, and there's there's a lot of a uh, lot of love for for Shohei Otani as well, and and he he definitely expands the brand, so to speak, and uh, that's always good for for Major League Baseball. All right, let's go ahead and move on. But before we do, we'd like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda. By subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume your podcast product, go ahead, give us a five-star review, and uh, share the show with your friends. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. All right. uh, Thursday night football is coming up. My goodness, it's coming up tomorrow, and it's going to be quite the bout between the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Of course, there are only two undefeated teams in the NFL at this moment. That is the Philadelphia Eagles and the mentioned Miami Dolphins. Cincinnati Bengals were able to recently get on the board in the win column last week when they beat the New York Jets. Will they keep that momentum moving and uh, headed towards another win and bring Miami Dolphins their first loss. Um, I don't know. I I look at this matchup and I still don't b- fully believe that Cincinnati has had it all figured out. I, I uh, uh, you know, of course, it depends. Now I'm backtracking because it does depend on uh, uh, Tua Tagovailoa his uh, physical, you know, situation, right? Because he uh, he had a bit of a issue in uh, when against their game in Buffalo. Well, there was a concern about the uh, concussion protocol. You know, according to Mike McDaniel, after appearing to slam his head against the ground in Miami win over Buffalo on Sunday, Tagovailoa and McDaniel both said after the game that it was a back injury that was giving him uh, the giving of the third year quarterback problems. I was saying last. The show it was a hip injury. I knew it was a back injury. I don't know why I kept on saying a hip injury, but um, they they kept on assisting, insisting that that's the the situation, that's their story, and they're sticking to it. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think in regards to this Thursday night matchup? It's going to be a defensive battle. At least it should be. Um, I mean, Cincinnati Bengals. They have a pretty decent running back in Mixon. Um, I, I feel like Mixon's got to take over the game. I think uh, Burrow has proven that he's a one-trick pony. He loves to go to Jamar Chase pretty much consistently, especially on third downs. Um, he does have you know you know a little stu- a stud there with uh, Tyler Boyd and also uh, what's the other guy uh, Higgins I believe or uh, not Higgins um, the other one oh, uh, Chase. I'll, I'll, I'll g- uh, yeah, Jamar Chase, I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. Uh-oh. But, I mean, as far as Tua, uh, consistency, I mean, let's see what he could provide. I think that uh, the biggest question is 
uh, Jalen Waddle. He's questionable uh, getting into the game, so we don't know uh, what his situation is. If he plays, hey, I'm picking Miami, even though ESPN, according, according to um, ESPN, they have the Bengals favored by 73%. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still picking Miami um, if, if Jalen Waddle, you know, gets out on the, on the field and, and does his thing. You know, I, I'm, I'm taking the Dolphins. I kind of feel like this is um, like Miami's on a roll. They're feeling good about themselves, especially after that Bills win. You know, the Bengals have been kind of down. They finally got a win and they're starting to feel, you know, a little bit better. I feel like the Bengals at home are going to need this and want this game more, especially with Tua being banged up. Um, the X factor is going to be Troy Hill because he's really got a bone to pick with uh, Eli Apple, and he wants to go out there and just shred him. So it, it'll be interesting to see what team shows up. I I, I want to lean more towards the Bengals because I think they need this game more. Uh, and on a short week, the Dolphins might show up and be feeling themselves too much and not go out there and do what they need to do and uh, maybe get a little behind. But yeah, I would say smart money's probably on the Dolphins, but I don't. I just have a feeling that they're kind of due for a little bit of a letdown, and the Bengals are really trying to right their ship and uh, and get their season back going in a direction where they they want to go. So I, I think it'll be a pretty close game. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a tough one, but I don't know why. I, I just I'm leaning more towards the Bengals on this one. I just feel like the Dolphins are due for maybe a, a game with a few turnovers, kind of an ugly game that the Bengals are are really hungry to to win this one at home. So T Higgins, by the way, that's what I said. I said Higgins, uh, didn't I? You, Boyd, you said Higgins Chase. And Chase. Oh, I said yeah. Yeah, you were saying Higgins. I was. Oh, you were talking about I was, his first name. <laughs> I was like second, yeah, second guessing. I was like, was it Higgins or <laughs> Higgins? Yeah, <laughs> I thought you, I thought you said Higgins. I was, I was confused. Uh, Bengals are a favored four point favorites uh, for this game in Cincinnati. It should be interesting as well to see uh, if uh, you know the, the hurricane, Hurricane Ian, has any effect on the Dolphins in regards to. It. Oh. In theory, it shouldn't because they should. I think I'm, I'm assuming they will have already traveled to uh, uh, Cincinnati, but. Um, it's supposed to make landfall, and uh, that that could be a factor, you know, as far as preparation for sure. You know, that could that could uh, yeah, for sure that could definitely influence the outcome of this one. Um, I kind of lean yeah, lean towards. I, what I just you got were the saying. feeling the Dolphins are right for the pickings yeah. for the Bengals. You know, things are kind of lining up for them. Short week, uh, so I think it's a short week. I think Tua definitely got banged up. Um, yeah, Mike McDaniel though he's he's definitely impressing with the with the schemes and the play calls and and I, I I'm I they definitely put together a very exciting offense. I think their defense is is impressive as well. Um, but uh, what they get from that receiver core is is definitely special, especially if that continues to be the case. Um, right now in the NFL, uh, top receiving wide receivers are Stephon Diggs at top, you know, three hundred forty four yards, but. Right beneath him, you have Jalen Waddle at 342 and Tyreek Hill at 317. Two of the top yard-wise receivers in the NFL on one team. That's yeah. uh, that's that's amazing. Um, yeah, they're the best tandem for sure. Oh, no doubt. I mean, we're, we're 659 yards or 50, yeah. So like that's that's insane. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who's gonna Who's gonna stop these guys? I mean, the Bengals. I mean, who do they? Who are gonna 
who do they have that's going to stock that tandem? Um, should be interesting, you know. Who knows? Well, there it is then. Uh, with that, we're going to leave it at that. Uh, Thursday night football uh, preview. Not not as much of a conversation as I thought it would be, but that's okay because uh, we're going to definitely recap it on the following show. Hopefully, something uh, exciting happens, and um, we'll uh, we'll we'll definitely talk about it. Uh, well, that's going to do it for us here at Sideline the Agenda. Thank you so much for listening, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review. And go ahead and share the show with your friends as well. That definitely helps out. Well, that's going to do it for us. I'm Scott. That's Kevin. And that is Chris. And this is Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and get into the game.